Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Happy to be here. Proud to serve, as always. Love it. I'm a little hungry uh, today. I gotta be totally honest with you. So apologies if the stomach grumbling comes through on on the mic at a holiday point. <laughs> you said you were snacking when I was having lunch. So Well, that was my breakfast. I don't know. You're behind. I am. Your nutrition has been suffering the last few weeks. It today. has not been good. My health and nutrition have not been good. Work's been Hopefully busy. Hopefully the holidays snap you I'm back. I'm going to need a reset. It. That's for sure. But we got a good episode today. Kind of a little bit of a throwback, it feels like, nowadays, because we haven't done this in a while. But we're answering some questions from the five-star category and covering the latest news in Apex. Really, we're diving into Winter Express is the takeaway on the episode today. So it's going to be a fun one. Before we dive into it, if you want a question answered, ask it on our Discord channel for a, for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you'd like, follow us on Twitter at Kurkudoshe and at HB Burrison. Drop in the most debated tier list of all time on social media. <laughs> Ain't that right? <laughs> we also have a tournament that's coming up this Friday. Uh, December 16th. We're pretty much full. Should be a lot of fun. We will be hopefully live streaming it on Twitch at a third party pod. Should be a lot of fun. Last time was a blast. Hopefully you're able to join us uh, as either a player or a viewer. Um, should be fun. We're doing something a little new. No recon legends. Mm-hmm. So should see hopefully some unique gameplay. Um, kind of an experiment. So Stay tuned for that, and we appreciate everybody's support on Patreon for making that possible. Yeah, it's going to be a blast for sure, and I'm really looking forward to how this no recon thing goes. So uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be a good one to monitor. With that, though, let's dive into the news. So we got some news to talk about today, coming for in last week as well, but it's been a pretty light news cycle on Apex. Uh, so we're talking about the Wintertide Collection event that has dropped uh, last week as of now. Um, First and foremost, you know, winter-themed skins, the new Prestige skin, the Apex Void Shifter. How you feeling? I know we don't do a ton of deep dives on skins because we can't really see them, obviously, on the podcast, but maybe give a brief summary. Any of them get you to pull the trigger, the good stuff. Yeah, um, I am definitely going to pick at least one up. I've seen mixed reviews uh, of this kind of collection, of it, to be honest. I think you saying I think is absolute heat. I'm a fan. <laughs> I feel weirdly in the minority about that, though. Um, I don't know if our community feels like it's a good one or a bad one, but like the Bangalore skin, I feel like is pretty dang good. The mm-hmm. Gibraltar skin, all of the weapon skins look great. Um, I'm pretty satisfied. So I think that's cool when it comes to you know the Mythic Wraith skin. Controversial. Mm-hmm. Controversial. I, I think out of the three Mythic kind of evolving skins we have it's probably my favorite i agree and that, that's what i was gonna ask though because i told yeah. you i think i messaged you and i was like it's so cool like to the point that it makes me kind of want to consider getting the uh, collection event so i can have that skin but then i just think about the fact that it's in the skin that i can't see and requires me to do so yeah. much once i unlock it and to be you know in order to have it so I don't pull the trigger because of that. 
are you still in the same frame of mind that this just isn't the best item in Apex Legends, potentially, especially when you are comparing it to the same price of an heirloom? Yeah, it's really hard because it, it is not as visible and it does require that grind. I think one of the big selling points is the fact that there isn't a whole lot to grind in Apex. You know, it's like you're getting ranked badges or you're, you know, trying to get damage badges and kill badges on each legend. But other than that, you don't really have anything to level up and to show. Spending the big bucks on these mythic, you know, evolving skins, although expensive, it is a way to show people, hey, I play Wraith a lot. So, I think that's a big driving factor because there's not a lot of opportunities to do that. And although this is expensive, it's one of a very few ways to show that, hey, I'm playing Apex a lot. I'm good. It's it's a little bit of a flex. Yeah, I get that for sure. I just think for so many people, it's like, okay, once it's out of the collection event and you pull shards, even if you're a Wraith main, you're obviously going to get the kunai first. And then if you're even a wraith main and you pull shards again, are you really going to choose the wraith skin or are you going to get another heirloom instead? And so like putting them at equal footing in terms of pricing and difficulty to acquire, I think is just a struggle for the popularity of the skin. And because of that it's like a super rare item, so maybe that's appealing, but I just feel like I feel like there should be a way to differentiate it. It shouldn't it should be, you know, better than a regular skin. It should be more expensive than those skins, but to put it on par with the heirlooms for me is still a tough thing to do when you get to see that all game, essentially. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not a slam dunk at all, even for the the players that are hardcore mains, which I think is becoming Less and less popular. Very true. I I don't know if that's just my perception, but I feel like as we've gotten so many new fun legends, people are going outside of their their mains. I feel like two years ago, it was definitely Apex culture to specialize, specialize, get a thousand kills on one legend. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know. I I get the feeling that that is less important. So I, I think doubling down and getting, you know, Bloodhound, Raven's Bite, and the you know Mythic Skin is probably a serious minority play because people are less diehard focused yeah. on one legend. Totally fair. But let's move away from the skin chat. Let's talk about the greatest mode in Apex Legends, Winter Express. It has returned pristine music, pristine announcement. Love the gameplay as always. Call me a fanboy. Be mad that I like Apex Legends amidst this time. But this is my favorite mode in Apex. It's such a blast to me. I enjoy the heck out of it. You excited to have it back? Any thoughts kind of playing it first time around again? Yeah, I mean, the reason that we like it is... Because it's the 3v3v3 best. 3v3v3 is such a fun like game style. And it just highlights... Apex as a trios game, mm-hmm. which it is, and was pretty innovative for being one. And so I think it's just a celebration of Apex, but then it's such a fun objective based mode. And we don't have anything that's so tactical and so team oriented except for Winter Express. So it's beloved in our eyes. Um, I think the fact that really there were no changes outside of, um, 
you know, loadout tweaks. It's a classic now, yeah. you know, it's a classic and we're happy to have it back. Um, you know, you think about, oh, what would you change? Like maybe, you know, a new station or, you know, maybe change some things up in terms of uh, how objectives work. But honestly, like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And it's a once a year thing. Like that's what they've consistently, you know, stuck to. And it's a fun winter activity. Um, yeah. I mean, deep cut for anyone out there, but. This is, I ain't, we ain't just fanboying. Like, my favorite game mode of all time is the Uncharted 3 3 team deathmatch. It's absolute heat. It's such a great game. And yeah, it's just mirrored in this Apex mode. I think it's great. You get to play certain legends that aren't normally as popular. Now let's talk about that for a second. Strategy tips, because I think there is kind of a core group of legends that maybe outperform on this game mode than others. So maybe talk to me a little bit about your favorite legends and then just general strategies around yeah. Winter Express. Totally. Well, first off, one of the huge differences here is that cooldowns are completely different on this mode. Mm -hmm. Like ultimates specifically, you're going to get them every single round for the most part. If you're you know, a legend that has a 120, 160, second ultimate cooldown you're gonna be getting it every round so that really changes things um i think that defensive legends are very good in winter express so rampart caustic watson strong like would love to have them on the team all the time um, that's kind of the play style that i take in winter express um but i think what's really fun is seeing new legends that have come onto the scene in the last year and how how do they fit in winter express and i think newcastle is is a tough one to fit into here because you don't really need a castle wall and you don't really need the passive but the tactical is all right you know at pushing objectives mm -hmm. and getting throughout the train um vantage on the other hand you know not not gonna be pretty very impactful honestly in a mode like jumping this. from so, one side of the train to the other is pretty fun but uh <laughs> probably not going to be the meta um but i'd love for you to talk about kind of the legend that you've picked up playing pretty serious in winter express yeah i've grind winter express a little too much unfortunately but my winter express may and caveat aside i play this legend in regular gameplay a good amount as well so it's not like this is just a mode thing but i love mad maggie I think she is great on this in this mode. Um, there's always a Lotus that has a shotgun. There's sometimes Lotus that have two shotguns, so you can really play into her strength of having that extra mobility. The tactical is great in the close quarters environment, being able to finish kills, push people off the train, and those center cars, you can go absolutely crazy with a tactical knowing there's only one true piece of cover that people gravitate towards. And then Wrecking Ball, you got that thing every round. And I've won multiple games just knocking people off the train. And that huge stun effect in close quarters is huge. I think her whole kit plays really well. And, you know, close quarter engagements is the name of this mode. And shotguns do that really effectively. Caveat aside, if you're not good with shotguns, don't give this a try. Um, actually, that's not even true. I would still play her just for the tactical and ultimate, honestly. Even if you... They fit this yeah, mode yeah, really they well. They fit the mode very, very well. So that's kind of been... Um, my main and I kind of play the aggressor role and then I think if you want to talk about uh, shout to Caustic 
who also is always great in this game mode. But if you want to talk about who you kind of gravitate towards and how we've been playing them together a little bit, uh, feel free to build upon that. I just think Rampart is the is the key. Um, and I think it, it's all about holding the train and holding an objective. And so any legend that can build cover that is not only going to protect you, but is going to help you you know, fend off and deal more damage like the amped walls, it's going to be strong. And when you put a, a PK in the hands of Shay as Mad Maggie <laughs> behind an amped cover, like that's just magic. So yeah, I think those are some good overall tips. I think I'll throw in, I just got to say, shout out to Fuse, who's also great at breaking the train. I mean, yeah. if you're a Rampart, the last thing you want to see is a Fuse on the opposing team. Um, I know some people try and play that Watson. I think the gen's a little too hard to hide to be really effective with it. Um, I've seen some good Catalyst play also, which has been a, a ton of fun too. And that tactical is, is great at really kind of covering spots. So. Defensive legends really shine. Areas of control. People that have abilities that can give you advantages on one-on-one combat. Um, they're going to be a blast. So probably stay away from your like lobas, your lifelines, the support legends, where you know you got guaranteed loot and there's no re- uh, reviving in this mode. But other than that, yeah, I think general strategies: play the train, play the areas of the train where you can easily hop onto said train while retaining kind of some vertical cover and be aggressive on getting that uh, center car when the time comes. And if you have multiple people alive, having somebody push through kind of to buy time and uh, keep one person kind of keeping the objective is a really strong combo. But you stay behind rampart walls to use your abilities to the best of your, uh, best you can. I think you're going to have a lot of success winning on this mode. I've lost twice, which I'm pissed about out of like the 25-ish games I've played so far. Um, and that's not a good enough win rate for me. So hopefully I got some credibility <laughs> on this one. Uh, it's such a great mode. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. We're keep going on winter express just because I think, you know, I, we can, I yeah. said it on the last episode, we skipped news last week, so we didn't talk about winter express. So this is kind of the winter express episode. I think is something that, uh, your girlfriend brought up. So I think we should talk about it on the show, which is a really interesting thing. This is not the same Winter Express as the OG mode, uh, where legends were attached to loadouts and you had to get certain guns by choosing a certain legend, or vice versa. Did you like that version more, or this version that we currently have in terms of picking a loadout and picking any legend you want? Very different play, but what's your takeaways? Yeah, my girlfriend, Sky, she kind of said it well. She was like, it was a lot more balanced when you had the randomized loadouts on your legend of choice and it forced you to try new legends mm-hmm. in order to really play the loadout that you wanted. And we all know, you know, Apex is a, a gun based game, so that's kind of what mattered. Um I do miss that original mode as well, but I will say that the updates not only paved the way for, you know, new LTMs that Mm -hmm. are you know up and coming but have also come out um with the loadout system it also makes it a lot easier you know you can play your main and then you have the flexibility to play whatever loadout you want and so in terms of making the mode more accessible 
it was successful. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, like originally what I was going to say was like, oh, it makes sense because you brought in Rampart and Maggie, legends that are reliable on a certain weapon. So giving them the freedom to always choose to have that passive in play is huge. But at the same time, like Lifeline doesn't really have a passive in this mode. So I guess it's not like end-all, be-all from yeah. that perspective. But it is interesting, though, because you know those legends came after the original Winter Express. Um, but yeah, I- I'm kind of a fan. I kind of break it down into like the choosing of a legend attached to a weapon. Old mode was more casual, which isn't a bad thing by any means, but it was a bit more randomized. You saw a lot more versatility kind of in terms of legends that were being played and then the weapons so and so forth so yeah it was a different play style i really like where we're at right now though it feels more competitive and it's a ton of fun so i'm a fan i think we're in a good spot um last question i'll pose should it be permanent should we have permanent winter express on its own in rotation with control and uh all those other fun modes that we've dreamed of or you know where do you kind of stand on that one yeah, I think that it's tough because we love the bones of the mode. But if you were to remove the holiday music, the holiday decorations, Mirage is the conductor, would it be as good? Mm-hmm. You know, And you kind of take away the nostalgia too. Would a mode that had you capture the train or capture any objective mm-hmm. that was moving, would that be cool? Maybe, I think is my answer. Mm-hmm. I think that we already struggle with player retention with a mode like this. Um, and although I love the objective, I'm hesitant to say that, oh yeah, this something like this or this exactly should be permanent. Yeah, I lean the same way. And I'm the biggest fan of the game, but I don't think it should be a permanent mode, at least on its own. I could understand the argument if you were kind of doing like a, a rotational pool of LTMs and it was kind of in that rotation. And so it's like, you know, he can queue it. Maybe you get Winter Express or, you know, a knockoff non-holiday version of Winter Express. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I think this mode is so fun because it is, you know, it's once a year. It's a ton of fun. Enjoy it while you can and then kind of move on. And I think there's just, as much as I love the mode, I think there's better iterations of like a three-team deathmatch in a like a respawn style mode that could be implemented if that was the direction they were going. Uh, and so because of that, I think it's like, yeah, keep it for the holidays. That's when it's fun. Like you were saying, you get the nostalgia, you get the fun music, you get the announcements, all that good stuff. So any other thoughts on Winter Express though, or keep it rolling? Let's keep it rolling. Next piece of news, we got Cloud9 leaving Apex Legends Esports. So that team is Stainati, Rocker, and Zach Mazur. A long steaded team in the ALGS, uh, a team that's been around for a while. And so not a great, uh, you know, just in terms of, you know, fans of professional Apex, never great to see a big org leaf. Uh, we do have a comment to read from Naughty on the kind of what happened. And he says, first off, I want to say now, say how bleep of a situation this is. I feel 100% confident without org problems, we c- would be sticking together. C9 sponsorships were hit hard. Or hit and had to dramatically cut back on their budget for 2023 because of the economy. Also, EA doesn't support esports at the level they need to, and that affected it as well. It had nothing to do with Apex, and I know they had faith in us to build into something great, just no resources to field a roster. Too bad. You know, never great in terms of, you know, we both work in this business to see a, you know, a team have to drop out of a certain esports uh, 
esports competition, especially one that, you know, I think we're both fans of and see as like a semi successful one. But interesting points to kind of say that, you know, EA isn't supporting esports at a high enough level. And it's something we've talked about before and really dove into in detail. What's kind of your first reaction though? Where do you want to kick things off talking about this? Yeah, I think that we're both semi-passionate about esports generally, but definitely Apex Legends. Um, It's hard to tell what the best way to promote esports as a publisher is. Um, Do you franchise? Do you just juice up the prize pool? Do you use the battle pass to crowdfund? Mm -hmm. Do you do revenue splits on skins? it's hard to tell. I think that over the last few years, Apex has done a lot. And with the ALGS and just online tournaments, it's made it a lot easier mm-hmm. for people to play uh, in competitive and to earn a decent amount of money playing competitive as well. Um, of course, there's always more to do, but I think that it's hard to put all the pressure on the publisher in some situations because although the publisher has all the power in esports um, across the board, pretty much in all communities. A lot of times there is a huge community push to make more events, more opportunities, mm-hmm. bring brands in. And so I'm torn, I think, obviously, uh, and kind of my opinions on it because I have a hard time placing the entirety of the blame on EA given how much effort has been put in mm-hmm. to improve things over the years. And I also have just seen different ways for esports communities to be successful. So yeah, I don't know. It's always sad to lose a team, especially a, a big one like this. It's tough. There's a lot of things that there's a lot of things that obviously have gone wrong. And and there's I would love to see more from Apex, despite, you know, kind of I, I agree with you in that like all blame shouldn't be there for sure. But like I love it took them a long time to do skins, but I love that they kind of took that step and you know continuing to kind of go down that path with more creative ideas like you were saying maybe battle pass stuff I think would be good. I for me though the crux of the issue and you ask about like how do you run an effective esports kind of league essentially and this is not our expertise by any means so this is just speaking as a fan I'll say. Um I'm a fan of the franchise model. I'm a fan of the CDL. Uh, it's my favorite esports uh, league, Call of Duty League, and I love that I have a city to root for, essentially, more so than a team and an org. I think there's a lot of people growing up where they don't have the attachment to Cloud9 or Team Solo Mid or any of these esports orgs um, outside of maybe FaZe and 100 Thieves, where they're like the most popular orgs out there. But if you attach it to a city, there's all of a sudden this, you know, just induced fandom especially for new people getting into it problem with that i think brs you can't do it brs are too unpredictable you can't have these big teams that are guaranteed to play in tournaments like think about every algs competition it always feels like there's some new up-and-coming unsigned hot team that's in there and there's all these teams you've never heard of before and that's just the nature of the randomness of the brs and so because of that i think you're never going to be able to kind of go that route. Uh, and I think just generally it's a knock on BRs as an eSport to- uh, in totality. I think it's one of the maybe hot take. I, I don't think it's as entertaining to watch as 
other esports personally. And that's someone that's a fan of Apex and loves Battle Royales. Um, and it's gotten better too. Very like, true. Yes. As, as the maps have changed, how the meta has changed, like it's gotten a lot more. Um, like we've seen more variety mm-hmm. in even even with replicators, mobile respawn beacons, like those have really affected kind of the entertainment factor of competitive. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, I pretty, I pretty much wrapped up. So that, that's kind of my my two cents on the on the topic, uh, just overall. Competitive apex. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you'll catch us trying to get into a couple tournaments in the new year. I mean, I think the the hardest thing as well for them, and I think the structure of the league is not straightforward. Who do you know yeah. which qualifying matches matter? No, most people don't even know when qualifying matches are, and that's to yeah, your point. As a viewer, yeah, a as a viewer yeah. and a fan, especially the more casual fan. Of course, there's the diehard people that understand the nitty gritty, and I think we kind of get it more than some, most people. But it's not as clear of like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Every weekend, there's ALGS qualifiers, and then we have a big tournament like all the time. There's all this restructuring they've done each year between the ALGS year one and year two, and it's it's. I think they're obviously trying to make it better, and I think we'll get to a place where it's in its best state yet. It's just hard to follow, and there isn't this huge push in the game internally to kind of point people in the direction of, hey, here's all this cool stuff that's going on. Yeah, and to maybe end on an optimistic note, we've heard from key employees at EA that they're trying to build out Ranked as a proving ground for competitive. Yeah. So... That could mean that in the future we have a lot more transparent way of going pro mm-hmm. in Apex and kind of both systems can marry each other to, to work really well. Yeah, well said. Uh, that'll wrap up that. Last piece of news, though. Big shout out to Karen, Senior Community Manager from Respawn for Play Apex. She invited us out to a community council event. It was an absolute blast. Uh, big shouts to EA Respawn giving us the invite and you know keeping... Keep it on with making that game awesome. We love it. Shouts. It was so much fun. Yeah. So happy to be there. Uh, we're going to wrap up the episode, though, by doing some five-star questions. We got a handful today, so it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, I can kick us off. I'll take the, the longer one. Five-star question coming from Chillin' Crypto. Love Apex. Love this podcast and won't stop being a fan. A few questions I have for you is, do you think Seer should be changed with how he stuns people, like stop the revive or the shield bet or even abilities, even though it's for a short time? It seems as though he has taken Revenant's role in silencing people, Should so should Revenant get a buff instead. Next is, instead of coming out with new legends, but making new slash different abilities for each legend to allow players to change the ability loadout for each legend. This way it allows players to get the feel of unique legends doing special things according to their lore and specialties so that new legends won't be needed. Instead, slightly new ability loadouts for the legends already existing. Thoughts? Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. What do you think? Um, all right. So Seer having a, a silence sort of ability. Um, it's different than Revenant. It really is. Um, and in some ways, Revenant is better um, in kind of the duration that it has, the fact that it remains active. You can kind of use it to obscure things. Seer, even though it has kind of a, a cylinder of influence, you don't always have line of sight. So it's tough. I think they're, they can both coexist mm-hmm. in the game. That's, that's my thoughts. I will say, though, um, let me just throw in on that before you keep going. Please. I don't think that them 
with all, I agree with everything you said. I still think we can bring revs up or bring Sears down totally. to make them closer to one another because I think Rev is in a pretty poor state. That's the only thing I, I wanted that and agree with everything else. I agree with that as well. Um, in terms of adding in legend ability options or kits, oh man. I think we just need Titanfall 3. <laughs> I think that's what this question is really about. Um, it's mobile. I think Apex Legends is mobile also. Yeah, we have a lot of this in mobile, mm-hmm. which is another good point. Um, I think that there is there are more than 20 legends in the game. Every legend has at least three abilities. Yeah. Adding in different iterations and options, I think, would completely destroy the balance of the game, like without even a question. Um, it would make it a lot harder to play the game as well, not being able to know, does that Gibraltar have a bubble or a rocket ship? I don't know. I don't even know what my teammates can do. A like It, it just becomes complicated, I think, when you do that. But from a personal level, I love the idea of customization. And I think that introducing a hero shooter that had a mechanic like this hopefully comes out soon and mm-hmm. i would love it for be you know to be in the apex universe but i think this is probably just another game i don't think we'd see this in apex yeah i i hear what you're saying and from a content perspective it would be cool and it would be great because we would do episodes around what's the best loadout for each legend and all that kind of fun stuff i just like you said it makes the readability of the game really tough but hey i'm not playing apex legends mobile so maybe there's something to it and something that's there that's really exciting. I think there's content perspective and then there's the player retention gameplay perspective that to me just kind of screams like, ah, no. Especially because like, I hear you, instead of doing new legends, and so maybe we can kind of slow that down. I don't know if they're going to stop doing new legends, though. It's just, it's the number one thing they hype about each new season. Even with the new map, it was like the legend was the hype of the season for the most part. So just such a big core of their marketing. I don't sure. Not sure if we could move past with that one, but it's an interesting idea. (laughs) That's for sure. It is. I I think we're going to continue on the path of a a new legend each season as well. Um, I think maybe to dissect this question even more, we're just looking for more legend balancing. So there is that, kind of freshness season to season across the board and not just with one new legend release. Um, So I think that's a reasonable request as well. Fair. Next five-star review question coming from Future York Times. You said the controller is better, but I'm finding it too jerky. Is there something I'm missing? Also, I thought that Lobo was my main, but she keeps feeling underpowered. Is there any tips? Oh, man. Where to start? Um... Controller versus mouse and keyboard. Don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I'm a. Did we say which was better? We've probably. I mean, if we we've, we've probably said controller is better because that's what we play, if anything. <laughs> but the truth is, whatever you're more comfortable on and whatever you've played for longer, that's what we always advise you use. There's advantages and disadvantages both ways. If I was learning the game from scratch, I would play on controller. Like if I had never picked up a mouse and key and I had never picked up a video game controller. I think there's just things in Apex Legends that you can do with the mouse and keyboard, like move while looting, that is just superior. And yeah, aim assist up close, but eh, 
I'm not going to miss when I click on the heads. So that's nothing aside. Good point. Um, yeah, I mean, it is going to feel naturally. It's funny that they say jerky because I think generally speaking, controllers are meant to be the smoother input because you can yeah. move in you know, any direction with an analog stick versus having, you know, up, down, left, right. So that's interesting feedback. Not one I've heard before. I'd be curious to kind of maybe hear more about that or see if you have any Probably thoughts. drop the sense. Yeah, that's probably you a know? good point. Yeah, drop the sense a bit. That'll smooth things out for you. Um, regarding Loba, man, I can't lean into the underpowered train. I think she's great. I love her. Get elite weapons, elite loot all the time. You just throw that hole as much as you can unless you're trying to stay quiet. And such easy and great movement tech. I'm, yeah, I'm a Loba fan. I can't get on the underpowered train. I'm sorry. I love it. Love her. The reason that she's so lovable is she has such great solo viability because you don't have to worry about your teams. Yeah. Like, I don't need to you know, go on my own to loot. I can just loot from wherever and take care of business. But she's also incredible as a teammate yeah. because then she elevates the entire team. She keeps the team together with the ultimate. And so, yeah, she's really great. I think studying up on getting as much as you can out of the passive and getting fast with looting on the ultimate like I see Loba mains that are still kind of slow and they'll go, they'll open up the, the black market and they'll say, oh, wow, what do I want out of here? I think the best Lobas say, all right, I know I need a mag. I know I need armor. Boom. I go to those areas. I grab that. If I don't have it, I get a barrel and then I go up to the top, get my ammo yeah. done. Like getting that really fast so that A, you're not fighting your randoms and they're not taking your good stuff, mm-hmm. but B, just so that you're not going to get Kraber and you're not going to, you know, catch yourself out by just using her abilities. Yeah, totally. I'm a, I get into that old and I go anything gold. Okay. Armor max. That's kind of my thought process. So yeah, speed that up as much as possible for sure. Next five-star question coming from XI recognized switching from Xbox to PC soon. Any tips or hints to ease the switch? Should I go right to mouse and keyboard or stick with controller for now? What do you say? I, I think you should stick with controller, honestly. Um, kind of depends on your age as well. You know, if you are in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, probably don't switch. Mm-hmm. But like, I think if you're in your teens, it could be really worth it to try a new input. Um, we didn't. When we switched to PC, mm-hmm. we. We definitely tried for a long time, Shay more than me, <laughs> on, uh, on MNK, but sticking with controller was best. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm of the same line. I think here's the thing. You're switching. If you want to switch to mouse and keyboard, do it and don't look back. You're going to be worse. Recognize that. Mm-hmm. But what's going to be really hard, and I think what was the hardest thing for us was like, we could have success on the controller. We had success. Yeah. So we got into difficult lobbies and then we tried to switch and at times and that just kind of that backward takes so long for your matchmaking to catch up with you. So you just feel very oppressed at times. And at the same time, you're always like, it's going to take me a year to get to the same level I was at on the controller. So yeah, if you want to make the switch and like I said, I think it's just personal preference. Do it early. And just don't look back. But uh, 
yeah, if you want to kind of just like keep playing with your friends, have success, keep climbing early, I'd stick with your controller. Uh, but yeah, if you want to learn MK, go for it. And I won't uh, won't hate. Next five star question coming from Gibby Main. I'm sorry for the two questions, but when I should only say one, but what is the highest rank you've ever achieved and what is the best solo queue legend for rank? Talking to two masters, Apex Legends players. Yes, sir. Uh, never hit pred, that's for sure. Um, I I like to tell people I don't have the time to hit pred. I also don't think I could hit pred even if I had all the time. Honestly. You can't. We've been in their lobbies. And too good. I think just as a ranked comment in general, the math is so against you. It is so against you. Even going from diamond to master, you're going down 60 points off the drop. You need to be getting top five every single game just to be going like anything positive. Three stacking so with it, friends too that are also that good yeah. too. Yeah. It is very difficult because if you think about if you lose an early fight, if you don't make it to top 10 going down 60, you do that again, wow, you're down 120. You now need to win a game to make up for those last two. So it's very, very difficult to grind ranked because um, the math's against you. And when you start thinking about how much RP is needed to be pred, holy cow, then time and skill just become overwhelming, I, th- I think, for most players. I think I could hit pred in arenas, though. I think I could. You probably could, Shay. I, I played could. against Preds in my placement matches, so they already think I'm there. As you would expect, you know, yes. When, when you're a savage with the Mozam like I am, it just is what it is. So, um, But to the second part of the question, best solo queue legend, it's funny because we just talked about her. I do love Loba as a solo queue legend. I think she's really effective. Um, outside of that, though, you solo queue more than I do, so I'll hand this one to you, actually. I do. Yeah. I... Very, very much depends on the rank. Like, I do not think there is one legend that you can take from rookie to pred. Mm, like, okay. you are going to be switching up. I think on the lower ranks, the bronze, silver, gold, playing legends that have mobility, Octane, Path, Valk, Horizon, very, very good. Um, I personally think that a Gibraltar is completely irreplaceable in the middle and late game, uh, especially in ranked. And so kind of doing that and mastering that as a solo player is something I've done. Not a great solo legend, though, Mm -hmm. but I will say that I do it. And when you don't have Gibraltar, it sucks, even though he's not popular anymore. (laughs) So, so powerful. Little shout out to Rampart as well and those kind of early to middle tier ranks. Um, You know, at the top of it, though, solo queuing is just so ill-advised yeah. i just don't recommend it if you look at what the current meta is you know seer horizon pathfinder all good options yeah. and have so low viability so i think if you want to have a long term you know vision probably one of those three right now but uh there's so many great answers yeah. to this question i i tend to while i don't solo queue a ton i tend to play bloodhound or seer when i do just because i know that my team is going to get value out of them and i don't have to it communicates itself on screen very well when those abilities go off so that's kind of my line of thinking with that one 
Last five-star question of the day, though, coming from Noodles. What if Apex had a Watson Town takeover where it is like a maze made of a bunch of rooms that have electric gates blocking them off, which flicker on and off? When you touch one, you get dealt damage plus stun. But if you make it to the middle gold loot, uh, if you make it to the middle, gold loot would be waiting. Side note: On your next tournament, you should do only defensive legends, gas plus fences everywhere. I think we got a Watson fan uh, with this question. Big time, dude! I heard this, and I know this isn't up your alley a ton, but I'll just say it for the audience out there. I immediately started thinking of like the electric Pokemon gym from back in the day. You have to like step on sure. the pads to trigger fences on and off and navigate your way through my goodness that'd be a hilarious town takeover style thing i'd be so pissed off if i was just trying to run away from someone and all of a sudden i have to like oh, okay i have to go through a fence so i'm dead um yeah it'd be funny though yeah that'd be a good way to do this like and i like this town takeover event a lot but if you could have a maze that had pressure pads yeah. to it that would definitely make it a little bit more uh interactive in order to to get through to get the loot. Um, really cool idea. I think it's though. a cool idea. Yeah. And I like the tournament idea as well. Yeah, Defensive Legends think? only. Um, I think you could definitely see that coming in the future. If we get some more feedback, people tune in on Twitch mm-hmm. for the tournament. Um, wouldn't be hard to push us in that direction. Sweet. Noted. Great questions. Great recommendations. That's going to wrap up the show, though. Thank you so much to our producer of the third party, Ten, who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple. Drop us a follow on Spotify and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Hey, now. Another squad coming in. Boom. Whole squad down. Maybe tomorrow.